So first, uh, let me introduce the podcast. Uh, this month's episode, we will discuss Black queer mental wellness with the founder of Woke Mental Wellness, Cassie Walker. Uh, hello, and welcome to the second episode of the State of Unapologetic Black Joy. I'm your host, Brandon. My gender pronouns are he, him, his. And as we get started, first, I want to say thank you to all of our new community of monthly subscribers listening to the State of Unapologetic Black Joy on Anchor.fm, available on 10 of your fave podcast listening platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. Uh, second, if you're new to the podcast, I started this work on Unapologetic Black Joy as a call to community where I wanted to facilitate public roundtable conversations with activists, academics, educators, and entrepreneurs and entertainers uh, who are experts in their field, uh, specializing in documenting, archiving, and recording uh, the spatial politics of unapologetic black joy, thus the name, the state of unapologetic black joy. Uh, now that work has shifted a bit uh, due to real life, everyday live realities uh, with family uh, and uh, being a grad student uh, and ent entrepreneur uh, towards being in conversation with experts in these communities in the form of podcasting via Anchor FM and on Twitter at state underscore joy, uh, where we can collaboratively, collaboratively excuse me, curate resources and creative content where friends and subscribers of the podcast can get plugged into how they as listeners share support for themselves first and foremost and find a listening community with us here at the State of Unapologetic Black Joy and our guests and friends of the podcast. Uh, speaking of guests and friends of the podcast, today we welcome someone I met this year at an art and creative entrepreneur networking event in the Chicagoland area. Uh, black queer mental wellness professional, Cassie Walker, uh, founder of Woke Mental Wellness. Hello, Cassie. Okay. Hello. Hi. Yeah. Hello. Okay. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, for some reason Sorry. you can hear me for a minute. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> hey, it happens. We work with it. Uh, That's true. Hey, yeah. We roll with it, right. Right. Go ahead. Uh, uh, yourself just, and your pronouns. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, hey, I'm Cassie, um, and I use she, her, they, them, and um, pronouns. Occasionally it switches because uh, my gender is uh, somewhere in the fluid to, like, a gender range. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, and, sh and sh sh share your work as the founder of Woke Mental Wellness uh, with the State of Unapologetic Black Joy podcast community. Yes, yeah, so um, Woke Mental Wellness is my passion project um, that is a podcast and blog and hopefully community um, that really focuses in on the intersections of um, blackness, queerness, and mental wellness and what those things mean and the various factors that can have impacts on them. So, you know, we're going to be looking at everything from mental wellness and everything that impacts it, you know, everything from, okay, how do I find a provider to how do I be a good provider um, to suicide to anything and everything in between to this 
really intense um, societal climate we're in. <laughs> exactly. Right. I can st strongly concur with that. <laughs> the, the political and just social uh, climate that we are living in uh, here continents in the continental Americas and its territories uh, from climate related disasters to uh, public policy uh, disasters. Yes. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you mentioned your pronouns are she, her, they, them, and you're on the agender spectrum. What, can you unpack that for our listeners just a bit? Yeah, so I, so right now I'm actually still in my gender exploration. I know um, and so basically where I end up falling um, in with gender um, is it doesn't feel right to be part of a binary, which is what we really commonly think of as man, woman, female, male. Um, and it also, I'm also not um, completely sure that fluid which is, you know, kind of wavering between, you know, the two points or the three points or however you um, conceptualize gender is is right. But in my presentation, I'm pretty fluid. One day, uh, you know, I'll be wearing the most ridiculous flowery dress you'll ever see with complete, complete with petticoat and makeup and like cat heels. It'll be phenomenal. And then the next day I'll be in, you know, a vest with, you know, slacks, a nice hat and my hair slicked back, no makeup and everything. And and so like it falls all in between. But um, a lot of times gender is just weird for me and I don't know that I completely like it. So I also people have been like, oh, that sounds kind of like a gender and I'm like I don't know I'm I'm really in between labeling with my gender at this point I don't even know if I want to label it a lot of times I'll just say I'm non-binary because that yes I'm still here okay that, that might be the uh platform or because because this is the first time I'm recording uh with a guest recording in person most of my work you know when I record and meet people it's re re very um uh, person to person, one to one. So, recording uh, as a creative entrepreneur and through this podcasting platform is new for me. So, this is just a uh, creative uh, exercise in making sure you are, you know, able to share your uh, your background and your work. And sometimes, as you mentioned already, you have to roll with uh, your audio equipment and your, you know podcasting uh platforms <laughs> as they exist yeah so i know you're, you're i know you're recording now um with uh woke mental wellness and you were just unpacking what uh, a gender uh, means for you and how uh not, you're, you're not interested in labeling what your gender is or the gender binary and how it doesn't work for you what happens for uh Black folks within mental wellness systems and mental health care systems, medical systems, and how does how do the letters uh, in the acronym LGBTQIA plus uh, matter when it comes to intersectionality and filling in, in those knowledge gaps around racial identity, uh, 
sexual uh, health and wellness and gender pronouns and expression within black communities to affirm, you know, youth and family acceptance? Yeah, I mean, it really is everything. So first of all, for those who don't know, the acronym is lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, uh, questioning, queer, Q has a double um, meeting here, um, intersex, and asexual. The plus is to incorporate all of the letters that are to come or the ones that aren't in there. There's a lot of different acronyms and a lot of different people getting kind of thrown all in together. Um, and so that's that's what that is. That's That's kind of when you hear the queer community, that's what we're talking about is anyone that falls under those kind of mass umbrellas. And then when we talk about intersectionality and you know kind of bridging the gaps and how that impacts mental wellness and, and services and care and sexual health well you know if if you're a person and you know that you're you know you identify as someone who's femme or feminine um and you're interested in people who are primarily also feminine then <clears throat> You're, and you're in high school, your sex ed class is going to be meaningless to you. <clears throat> like, they're not going to talk about your health. They're not going to talk about your risks. If, and that is if your sex ed class actually talks about anything at all. Because um, right. <laughs> there's a problem there, too, and I could go on forever. But it's also the providers and who you see, you know, people... It wasn't it wasn't long ago that like going to the gynecologist's office, like I would tell them that, you know, I wasn't engaging in activities, but like yes, I had a partner and they would be so confused. They would mm. not understand how you can have a meaningful, um, long term relationship without sex. And mm. Like that, it, and so they would still insist on me doing these pregnancy tests that I have to co-pay for. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? I, like, one, I don't need this. Two, I don't want to pay for this. <laughs> and so it's really like from from that aspect, from that aspect to just like when you walk into a therapist's office or into a mental health agency and you're filling out your initial paperwork and you don't see your identity listed like if if we're talking about if we're talking about this and we're trying to make um you know similarities that would be like being a black person going in to fill out race paperwork and you know, paperwork and it has you know pick your race and the only available box boxes are white or um, I'm trying to think of something equivalent, right? Like, like, like white, non-Hispanic, or non-Hispanic and white. Uh, is yeah. that that's what you're for? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. If the only boxes were white, non-Hispanic, or white Hispanic, and that was it, and there right. was nothing else on there, and you're like, wait, I'm not, I'm not here, right? Right. And yeah. from, from the absolute get go. From the absolute get-go, you're excluded, and then it's like you fill out the paperwork. You don't have a box to check, so right off the bat, 
your provider is not getting accurate information. Right. Um, and then you have to explain yourself to your provider. Um, and everything from there is, you know, potentially troubling, right? Like your the relationships, your very day-to-day life might be something that you feel like you're a teacher rather than someone able to get help from a professional. So right. it really does matter, and it matters because that experience might not just be at the clinic. That experience might also be, you know, at home. Because if your mm. parents don't know about these things and you're young, best, like, hopefully they're loving and they're supportive and they'll teach themselves. But, right. I, I mean, we got, like, trans youth have the highest homelessness rates mm. because parents are just shunning their children and throwing them out on the street right? because of these things. So it really does matter. And the suicide rate reflects non-acceptance. Right. Right. And, be- and this, that's an important uh, note you're making about trans youth and that, that intersection with uh, blackness and race and gender uh, and sex sexual health education and uh, caregiving and support services and providers because this is suicide prevention awareness month uh, in September. So um, how do parents and educators and providers, you know, in the Chicagoland area uh, build community in support of our black and queer family that lack access to quality mental health and mental wellness care professionals like due to those types of ongoing um, traumas and microaggressions experienced in real life, whether it's uh, on the street and, uh, or, or in public policy, uh, or whether it is in uh, possibly a faith community, or if, if it's experienced in, um, you know, any type of space where these intersections of blackness and queerness and transness and womanness also uh, Overlap in, in in terms of gender expression and sex discrimination and race discrimination in the, in in these various everyday necessary systems, wh- whether it's um, you know getting employed or whether it is you know getting housing. How do people provide support? Yeah, well, so the good thing is, is there's a lot of good work being done um, in Chicago and the Chicago area. Um, You've got places like Affinity Community Services, which is a Black, um, queer organization, Black-owned and ran um, by some wonderful um, Black women um, and femmes that are doing some great stuff um, in the city. You've got your really big organization. You've got your really big organizations like Howard Brown and Cintron Halstead that are really working to advocate on that queer side of things and are working um, on, you know, making sure that they're being inclusive and, you know, there's classes, there's webinars, there's podcasts like this one and like mine where, you know, you can go and you can learn without having to put that burden on, you know, the marginalized group. Um, Mm -hmm. There's all kind. I mean, there's all kind. If you're if you like to read, there's you know plenty of books you can look up. I just had 
a friend order me a book um, that just came out called The Color of Madness. It's uh, from the UK, but it's a look at the um, race disparities in the mental health system in the UK. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, with a it's a um, they compiled a bunch of people's firsthand accounts and short stories and poetry and everything into this book. These two um, mental wellness workers. Uh, one was a doctor. One was a psychiatrist, and I believe one was uh, maybe the equivalent of like a um, social worker type person uh, <clears throat> over here. And so. Things like that are great reads. I have this amazing um, graphic novel uh, book called um, Black Girl Mania that is from a local author that, you know, kind of walks you through in a graphic novel sort of way um, the experience of, of mania and, you know, going through that, those symptoms. And so it really is with the internet and all of these things much easier to find resources and to find places. And as far as finding housing and making sure that you're being treated properly, once again, right. same things, you can go to some of those big agencies and, you know, if they don't have the services themselves, they have partnerships, they have resources and they can point you towards, you know, the tenants rights, um, you know, group and lawyers in your community. If you feel like, Hey, I applied for this, you know, apartment. And as soon as they found out that, you know, my partner or that I am trans, you know, suddenly there was a problem, you know, or we have, you know, we have bed bugs and my, you know, landlord has made disparaging comments about, you know, gay people or black people or what have you. Like those are all things that can be addressed for sure, and that luckily right. Chicago is really building a lot of you know community when it comes to both blackness and queerness. You've got organizations like um, Breaking the Silence uh, mm -hmm. that is helping people pay for services. They are using their donations to help people pay for services and Kenya is doing amazing work with them. You've got sister, you got sister Afia with, right. um, who is doing webinars and who are starting to, you know, offer services and everything. So there's some really great work being done by some really, um, amazing people. Well, now in, in addition to all the, the services you just mentioned from uh, Howard Brown to affinity, how do you in your professional life and your, you know, personal life around advocacy and social work, uh, because you have a master's degree in social work, that, that's correct. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> what are your self-care rituals and, and spiritual community, you know, that help you restore your sense of belonging as a black queer mental wellness professional and creative entrepreneur about doing all these blogs and uh, podcasting and, you know, work around uh, creating space and holding space for people whose voices are on the margins and need to be amplified. Yeah. I mean, my self care is a lot of things. I do a lot of different things. So I, I have my little um, cleansing rituals because I do work in the mental health field and it can be really heavy um, and a lot of stuff can happen 
um, both to you and to the people that you're trying to help. And so I have my, I'm very spiritual um, person and I practice, um, I'm a follower of an African religion called Ifa and, and, and I, you know, I come home, I, you know, cleanse myself with some sage, some frankincense and myrrh, um, just to dispel all of that heaviness, um, from holding space from people that, you know, have really heavy lives. Um, and then I have, you know, my weekends where I like to cook, I like to sew, I like writing and coloring and all of, all of those sorts of things that, you know, sometimes we overlook, like sometimes we overlook the, you know, the amount of energy it can take someone that's, that's, you know, struggling or has had a really rough week to do something as simple as showering, but like, even just taking a mindful, like taking a mindful shower and really noticing the way that like the water feels as it hits you and the way that you're breathing as you're, you know, taking your shower can be incredibly helpful and just reaching out to, you know, friends and chosen family um, to, to get that support when my self-care, you know, my typical self-care ritual isn't enough and maybe I'm short on funds. Like last week was amazing. I got money um, from some people to go do the self-care things I need to do to get myself on track. And that included, you know, I love flotation tanks, um, like sensory deprivation tanks are something that I find incredibly renewing. So I did that. I got a Groupon for that and a massage and it just put me back on track. It was great. (laughs) I I love, I love hearing that. I love hearing your laughter. That's, that's important to unpack that because a lot of times I know a lot of helping professionals in my real life and online community experience a lot of the things you're expressing around the heaviness and knowing and being aware of that, um, that need to be mindful about your own self-care, your own restoration, rest as a sense as a sense of belonging, but also as a a mode and um, posture and method of being in tune with your own uh, just your own mental health and wellness, right? Because therapists and professionals are you know trained, but you at the end of the day are the expert on your own body and knowing who you are. Kind of returning to what you mentioned at the beginning, knowing who you are, where you are, loving yourself in that moment and uh, with that, with your partner or, or, or without a partner, that, that's important to, to know yourself, love yourself uh, and have, have that safe space to land uh, when you need that self-care uh, and those rituals that, 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 that provide that balance uh, in real life. Um, so kind of in our final moments wrapping up, um, how can, uh, our, you know, podcasts, listeners, and friends here at the State of Unapologetic Black Joy support your work with woke mental wellness? So you can um, support my work. I have, I am all over the interwebs. Um, I have a Patreon, which is woke mental wellness. Um, And I would really love if people started giving me money. Uh, I have all sorts of ideas that, um, that I would love to do um, and expand. Uh, I'm also on YouTube. You can just search woke mental wellness, like subscribe, share, share the, um, share the videos. 
is also a phenomenal way just to get just to get woke mental wellness out there so that we can start reaching more people and doing more things. Um, Twitter um, at woke mental um, and yeah, Facebook is also woke mental wellness. And then I have an email that if you'd like to email me in questions, I, as a therapist, I would like to think I'm decent with advice, even though therapists, we don't typically actually share um, our advice per se, <laughs> but it's in there. So if you would like me to provide some judgment on your life, um, <laughs> or, you know, non, non-judgment as it were, um, you can always shoot me a message or an email, um, either on Facebook or uh, woke mental wellness at gmail.com. So, yeah. And I did want to just note that as we're talking about self care, um, I think it's really important to. Hello. Yeah. I, I'm, we're still here. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just wanted to also mention community care, which is the idea that like your employer and, you know, people that kind of hold a lot of your time, um, of the day for necessary things like work have should have some responsibility in supporting and upholding your self-care because self-care is amazing. But when your employer is standing in your way of your self-care, it becomes incredibly hard, if not impossible, depending on your job to properly self-care. And I just wanted to throw that out there to everyone so that everyone has that validation of like, no, 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 no. If you're doing your stuff and you're like, why isn't this working? Like, I just, I don't have enough resources. Well, start, start advocating for some community care because it really does make a difference and it's really important, especially for people in marginalized groups who may not see yourself anywhere else in, in your place of work. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, we're wrapping up now uh, with Cassie Walker of Woke, the founder of Woke Mental Wellness. Um, this is the second episode of The State of Unapologetic Black Joy. I've been your host, Brandon. Uh, and you can follow us as well on Twitter at state underscore joy. And if you would like to be featured and uh, within our uh, podcasting family and community and friends and sub- subscribers of the podcast, you can email us at the state of unapologetic black joy at gmail.com. Uh, and thank you. I want to say thank you to our friend Cassie uh, for your your work and your support. And uh, we'll talk soon again. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it.